Hey everyone, my name is Jason Parker, and I want to welcome you to the Coastal Church Podcast. I'm super excited for you to hear this message. We believe that God wants to speak to us, and we hope that you're open to hear what He has to say to you today. Enjoy. What comes to mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. This is A.W. Tozer. This is what he thought. What do you think? I want you to roll that around for a minute. I want you to, tonight, I want you to actually engage your mind. I want you to think a little bit about this person we call God. And I want to ask the question one more time. What comes to mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us? So what comes to your mind? When you think about God, you don't have to answer that question. That's rhetorical. We had some answers in the first service. <laughs> but what comes, what I actually want to know, I, I don't want you to give me the Sunday school answer in your head, of course, again. I don't, I don't want you even to say what you think you should say. I want to know honestly from your heart, if you were answering that question right now about God, what comes to your mind when you think about God. Because that's what we're going to dig into here over the next number of weeks. I think there's lots of different thoughts that we have in our mind when we think about God. Some of us maybe feel like God is close, near and dear to us. Some of us might think that God is far off or distant or unaffectionate, disconnected from our lives and our lifestyle. Maybe you think tonight that God is angry, out to get you. He's this condemning God. Maybe you think that God is super nitpicky, and everything you do, you're always failing. Lots of us have different views of what God is like. We create an image in our head of what we think God is like. And there's different reasons why we do that. There's research that's been done to show that some people actually project certain ideas towards God because of the way you interacted with your parents or your father. So if your father maybe was far off or distant or cold, we tend to project that that's what the father's actually like. Cold, disconnected, not really wanting to have anything to do with, with our lives. Maybe that's your honest Like this is, this is an honest question. You don't have to give me the right answer. I want you to honestly answer from your heart what you think God is like. Because according to Tozer, it says, what comes in mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. I know that's not the Bible, okay? But I think he might be on to something. Craig Rochelle said it this way, what you pray reflects what you believe about God. So listen to your prayer life and, and, and think about how that actually informs how you think about God or, or how it tells a story of what you actually think about God. So who is this God anyways? Who is he? And what is he actually like? What's he actually like as a person? 
The next four weeks, we're going to spend some time talking about that very question. Who is God? And what's he like? And how does he interact with us? And does he have any connection to my life? And who is this father? Who is this son? Who is the Holy Spirit? What's the deal with this Trinity thing? That's kind of what we're diving into over the next couple weeks. And we're going to answer every single question you ever had about God. Fake news, okay? That ain't happening. (laughs) It would be a fool's errand for us to think that we could dive in and answer all your questions. As a matter of fact, and I struggle with this a little bit as a preacher, because as a preacher, I love resolving tension. I love helping people have clarity and understanding when they come to a passage of Scripture that helps bring clarity and understanding. But the goal for this sermon series is not that. The goal for this sermon series is actually that you leave with more questions than you have answers. And I struggle with that as your pastor. I'm going to be honest. But the deal is, is that as you mature and grow in your faith, there's this process of you wrestling with God. This process of you developing your own personal relationship with him and wrestling with him about even some of the hard things about our faith. This is going to be an opportunity for you to dig over the next number of weeks. We're going to have some resources and stuff for you to plug into, which I'll mention a little bit later. But it's easy for me to like just want to answer all the questions, relieve all the tension. It's really hard for me to say, I'm going to put a bunch of things on the table. We're not going to put all the pieces together. Now you go and fill in the rest of the pieces. Have fun with that. That's really hard for me as your pastor. But I think it's the best thing for you because it'll actually cause you yourself to pursue God yourself. When you have tension, I don't know about you, but I want to resolve tension. And so some of the goal with this sermon series is that this would be a bit disruptive. It would make you feel a little uneasy, like, what? There's stuff here I just don't get. Yeah, we know. Now go after it. That's some of the purpose behind this sermon series is why we want to engage your mind. I want you to wrestle with God. To really wrestle with God. And I think there's a lot of people in 2022 that are wrestling with God and they've tapped out. Maybe there's something about the nature of God or something they read in scripture or something about their Christian faith. They kind of wrestle with this person and they're like, nope, I'm good. Time to deconstruct my faith. There's a lot of people that are making that step in giving up on the God that they believe is revealed in Scripture. Because there's a lot of mysterious stuff in the Bible, in particular how God interacts with humanity, that is hard. It's difficult, and there's all kinds of mystery, but that's actually how we grow as Christians, is we take some of these things and we don't just like skim through them or just read the Gospel of John. We'll read the whole of Scripture and start this journey of wrestling with God, but not quitting. The Bible says that Jacob wrestled with God and he prevailed. And just as one of your pastors, I want to encourage you, this series will make you wrestle with God. But my challenge to you is wrestle with God and prevail. 
Because I think on the other side of it, there's a deeper revelation of this person we call God that will absolutely rock your world. And you'll experience him in a way you never had before if you wrestle and prevail. If you wrestle and don't tap out like so many are doing here in 2022. So we're going to look at a passage of scripture tonight that is disruptive. Y'all looking forward to that? <laughs> There's some hums and one yeah. The rest of y'all are like, mm, man, what are you doing tonight, Jay? This, you're like, this isn't like you. I know it's not like me. Listen, I didn't want to preach this passage tonight. I wanted to go in Luke chapter 15. I wanted to talk about the prodigal son. I wanted to talk about the heart of the father and how the father runs out. He kills the fatted calf. He throws on the cloak. He puts on the ring and the father's arms are open wide. He welcomes back the son. That's what I wanted to preach tonight. And I wanted to relieve all your tension and convince you how amazing this father is. And maybe you're convinced right now because I'm going crazy right now. But here we are in a challenging passage of scripture that I'm going to leave with you and not resolve some tension. Because as your pastor, I want you to go wrestle with God. And so we're going to look at Genesis chapter 22 in this God of the Old Testament. Now there's a lot in Genesis I absolutely love. And there's stuff that like, there's stuff I've never really struggled with as it relates to Genesis. Like, I've always believed that God created everything. Like, as I look at the universe and the fine-tuning of the universe and how everything is held together and how we even exist, you ever think about that? The fact that we exist. I'm like, it just didn't happen. Something had to cause, someone had to design what's happening now in the universe, right? So I don't struggle with creation. I don't struggle with their creation account. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But I do struggle with some things in the Old Testament. Things like Genesis 22. And I think as we dive into this scripture, I think most of us are probably going to struggle. So you ready? Okay, one person. Father, help us here tonight in Jesus' name. Genesis 22. Let's go. After these things, God tested Abraham. Can you all say test it? And said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on the back, laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, My father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold the fire in the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. 
When they came to the place of which God had told them, Abraham built the altar there, laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. Y'all tracking? You haven't tuned out? Let me read this verse again. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. All right, Lord. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. So how many of y'all wrestle with that passage of Scripture, right? Come on, I see some hands. Let's go. Like, man, what on earth? Who is this God that commands Abraham to go and sacrifice his one and only son? What kind of God would do that? Right? You asked it, right? What kind of God would do that sort of thing? So we go to a passage like this, and we, it causes us to wrestle. We got all kinds of questions, right? Who is this God that would ask such a thing? The same God that promised to Abraham that all the descendants of the earth would be blessed through him, through this son. God promised to Abraham that he would make his descendants like the sea on the shore through this son that he's now asking to sacrifice on an altar to slaughter him. What kind of God would do that? Why? So many unanswerable questions, it seems. And what's crazy is the God that commanded this We call God the Father, right? A father who's asking another father to sacrifice his own son. What kind of father would command another father to to slaughter his son? Man, that's one of those ones where you're like, I think I'm going to turn to the gospel of Matthew right now, right? But here's the deal, and here's what I want to set up for you. Oftentimes in Scripture... As God is being revealed, there's aspects and characteristics of his nature that aren't on the surface level. You have to wrestle with God to understand his character and understand his heart and understand who he really is. So many people read a passage like this saying God is harsh, cold, distant, and unrealistic and unreasonable, and I reject that God. Well, to be frank and honest with you, if God was like that, I would deconstruct my faith. Nope, I'm good. But I'm not deconstructing my faith because I'm convinced through wrestling with this God that God is more than just a mean, distant, cold, 
Father. I believe that this passage of scripture actually shows us something about who God actually is. That he is a father. And that actually he cares for Abraham. And there's three things that the father, who is the father both in the Old Testament and the New, does here for Abraham. God actually has a purpose to the test that he's giving to Abraham. There's something he's doing through this time of testing in Abraham's life. And Abraham went through a number of different tests. Some he failed. You ever failed a test before? I remember grade 11. I failed three courses. It was a terrible feeling. But Abraham failed some tests. This wasn't one of them. But when God tests Abraham, it's actually for a purpose. God's testing is purposeful. There's a reason why God tested Abraham. It's not to trick Abraham. It's not to tempt Abraham. It's not to say, gotcha. God tested Abraham not to trick him, but to grow him up. God tested Abraham to mature Abraham's faith, to give him a capacity to handle blessing and handle the things that God had in store for him. Y'all remember school. Y'all remember doing tests and exams. And oftentimes we do tests and exams to be able to let us know if we're ready for the next thing. I failed grade 11 advanced math. So guess what? I wasn't ready for grade 12 advanced math. Matter of fact, I had to take math foundations in grade 11. Because I wasn't prepared for the next thing. I'd have been trying to do pre-calculus. Yeah, right. And so tests are a way that help us mature so we can handle something greater. It's kind of like the same deal with parenting. Like, you have this process of your children maturing to the spot where they can handle certain things. Like I know some of you have um, children that are fishermen. And you wouldn't give the boat to your 12-year-old to run the boat, would you? Huh? Okay, I'm just checking. Because <laughs> if you do, I'm praying for you, man. <laughs> There's a process. Like you take him out banning with you. Or her. You get him to steer the boat. You take him through the process. You get him working the rail. Bit by bit, you help him mature. What would happen if you were to give the boat to him at a 12-year-old? You'd crush him. And you probably wouldn't live to tell the tale. <laughs> and so this is process of maturing. Like, I am not handing my 5-year-old the keys to my car. Right? Let me try that again. I would not hand the keys to my, I can't even say it right. I'm so worked up here. You guys got me spellbound. I would not hand the keys to my car to my five-year-old, right? Okay. Whew, I was getting a little worried for you all there for a bit. But there's this process of, of us maturing and our children maturing to the spot where we can handle things. That's what God the Father was doing with Abraham here. And, and I don't, 
and I'm not going to go in and relieve the tension and teach all the ins and outs of this passage of Scripture because there's a lot here to unpack. But one thing I will say about this passage of Scripture is God the Father was actually testing Abraham to help him trust God at a whole new level. You see, in order for Abraham to step and walk in the blessing of God, he needed 100% devotion to God first. And so God had to know that Abraham was going to do that, was going to have absolute devotion to God first. So that's what's happening here in this passage of Scripture. And we have to mature to the point where we can handle the blessing of God. Because sometimes the blessing too early is actually a, comes across as a curse or a punishment. I was listening to Dave Ramsey, a financial guy this week, and he was, he's a Christian guy, and he was talking about people that get rich really, really, really quick, but their character, or have success really, really, really quick, but their character doesn't have the ability or hasn't caught up with their progress or success, and it absolutely crushes them because their character couldn't uphold the blessing and it turned into a curse. God, as your father, loves you, knows your capacity, and I love this about the father. He sees the potential that you all have. He sees your abilities. He has like, he has an incredible plan for each and every one of you, and he knows what you can handle and what you can't handle. He knows how to apply the appropriate amount of pressure that doesn't crush you, crush you, but not, but 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 enough to help you to grow. You see the father doing that? Like the father delights in developing you, in developing your capacity to handle and steward the blessings he's given you. God is passionate as your father to do that. And that's what's happening here in this passage. God is developing Abraham to handle this incredible blessing. He had to work some stuff out in his character. He had to allow pressure to come in order to develop Abraham's faith and trust in him. You know, sometimes we have to experience pressure. I don't know about you, but I don't like pressure. Pressure is hard. It makes you grind. It's tough. But there's a lot of blessings that come through pressure. Do you know that lumps of coal turn into diamonds because of pressure? And the Bible says in Jeremiah that, that it talks about us being under pressure, and it says that God tests the heart and the mind. He allows pressure to come to, to test our lives and to test our character and to help us to grow in our faith, but they're all for a purpose. They're all for a purpose because he's our father. So are you feeling under pressure lately? I know I have been feeling under pressure. Are you feeling under pressure lately? Maybe God is actually allowing the pressure. We're praying, Lord, would you please take these feelings away of pressure, Lord? Like, I'm uh, just struggling so much with it. And the Lord's like, I love you so much as your father and I feel what you're going through, but you actually need this right now. You need this pressure because I'm doing something even greater that you don't yet understand. How many know as parents sometimes, we know what's best for our children, and sometimes our children don't understand? Amen. 
Ready for this? How many times does our Father know what's best for us and we don't understand? You don't understand the pressure you're under. I don't understand the pressure I'm under, but I trust the God who does. And sometimes pressure is actually a privilege. Sometimes pressure is the pathway to actually being able to have greater capacity to steward the responsibilities and blessings that God has given to us. And oftentimes pressure comes with tension. How many of you love tension? Oh, good, me neither. You know what I like? Peace. Shalom in the home. Peace down in my soul. But you know what God is okay with? Tension. He's comfortable with allowing us to go through seasons of tension. Not because he's up here laughing at us or pointing at us saying, look at them suckers. But because there's a purpose in his testing, he's doing something in us. I want to take it all away. I want, to take, I want to get rid of my tension. I want to get rid of your tension. But God's like, I'm okay with it. Just trust me, Jay. I'm working in your life, and I'm working in their life. You need to be more okay with tension. I don't like that message, Lord. Yeah, well, get over yourself. God is comfortable with tension. And oftentimes, it's the tension that brings to the surface the stuff in our lives that are idols. The stuff that we're more devoted to than God. I love what God does in this passage of scripture because he points out the thing in Abraham's life that has the potential to having a higher priority than God himself. His son, his one and only son, his most treasured possession. And God will cause test and tension to come into your life to, ex- to kind of expose the thing in you that is more important on the priority list than God. And let me ask you that question. What is it in your life that is more important or a higher priority than God? And I would say, don't be surprised if God uses tests and tension to expose the thing in you that is more important than God or an idol in your life like people-pleasing, like your own children. Now, your own children are a blessing from God, but does God want you to put your children before God? No. If your idol is your job, don't be surprised if God allows tension and testing to help break you free from that idol. And you might, because God wants to be number one. You might think, man, like, what kind of God is so self-seeking, he wants to be number one above my work, above my family, above my children, above everything else. What kind of God would do that? And I would just push you back and say, I think you're misunderstanding who this God we call Father is. This isn't a God that's self-absorbed. You know why he wants to be number one in your life? It's because him being number one in your life will lead to blessing. You will miss out on so much that God has for you as your father if you don't have him as number one. We rightly live 
under the reign of our Heavenly Father who cares for us when we put him first in our lives. And when anything else takes that place, it leads to destruction. It leads to forming our soul in the wrong way. It leads to a life that's not fully called what we're we're called to live to. And so, yeah, God will expose that stuff because it's your father and he loves you. Now, I know this stuff has been heavy tonight. I know you're probably, some of you are still back to the first five minutes. You're like, yeah, about that part where he said sacrifice your son. Like, Jay, like, when are you going to speak to that? Guess what, guys? I'm not. And I really struggle that I'm not because I really, really want to. This is what we're going to do. We're going to put the ball back in your court. You know what I want you to do this week? I want you to go to God. I want you to go to the scriptures, and I want you to ask God. Say, God, help me make some sense of this. Because you'll grow way more by doing that, in all likelihood, than me telling you. And that's really hard. But the good news about this passage of scripture is that God is ready to provide. When we step out in obedience to him, God provides. But it's interesting in this passage of scripture because God doesn't provide before, does he? He actually asked Abraham to go and sacrifice his son and goes right to the point of where he's about to sacrifice his son. God says, stop, and there's, there's the ram. Provide it. And sometimes we miss out on God's blessing in our lives, the provision from the Father, because we don't step out in obedience. I'm telling you, like, God is ready to provide for your needs, but he wants you to learn how to trust him. And man, we fail sometimes at trusting God. Listen, it really, really grieves me to see people deconstructing their faith. It really does. I have friends that are, that are struggling with that. And I think it grieves me because you come to passages like this, and they build in their own mind an image of what they think God is like. Kind of like in the New Testament, where Jesus tells the story of the parable of the talents. And the two people went out and they kind of multiplied their talents and, and God blessed them. But there was this one guy who said, I knew that you were a hard man. Reaping where you did not sow. This guy had an image and a picture of what God was like and buried his talent. Instead of walking in obedience to the master. He didn't really know what God was actually like. He created an image in his own mind. And there's so many people in culture today that are creating an image of what they think God is like. And guess what? With all due respect, they're wrong. The God that revealed in scripture is an amazing heavenly father. And yes, he allows us to be tested. Yes, he allows pressure to come. But he's also a God who provides. He's a God that actually provided his only son, his most precious possession. He's willing to give it all. He's willing to give it all so that he could develop you as and adopt you as a son or daughter and call you his own. 
and unfold his plan and purpose in your life. And so I want to encourage you, don't run away from God when there's stuff you don't get, when there's stuff you don't understand. Instead of running away from God, what would it look like if you ran to him? Maybe some questions for you to ask before we sing is, God, where are you testing me in my faith? Not to hurt, but to foster growth and maturity. Or maybe, where might I be discounting what God is up to because it doesn't make sense to me? God, even when I don't see it, you're working. Or where has God been faithful in the past and how might that encourage me for what God might do in my future? I encourage you, don't run away from the Father, but run to the Father. Because the Bible says he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Will you stand to your feet? Father, we just thank you for tonight, and we just pray that you'd help us to pursue you like never before and experience and encounter you in a new and a fresh way. In Jesus' name, amen. We really hope that this message has motivated you to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus and has inspired you to join us in our mission to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. If you have any questions about the sermon, if you want to know how you can get involved, send us an email at office at coastalchurchns.com. We'd love to get connected with you. Have a great day.